0: bodies by the numbers is a horror podcast we sometimes cover mature content and often deliver spoilers viewer discretion is advised Speaking yeah. about oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Welcome to oh Bodies God. by the Numbers, a horror podcast, yes. where we keep track of how we die in horror media. I'm your host, Andrew Mack, and this is my co-host. Grace Lee. And today we are covering Frozen, done in 2010, mm-hmm. written and directed by Adam Green. Now, the feelings check, cause we are kind of uh divided. at odds.
1: Yeah, yeah, at odds, divided.
0: I think the last time we were at this type of, like, odd was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I think it's, like, that dive into realism is something I like, where, like, the I find these movies very grounded in the real world. There's nothing supernatural about what's happening. Like, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's just a family fucking up a bunch of stupid teenagers. And in this, it's nature fucking up a bunch of stupid twenty-somethings.
1: I guess for me, what I maybe didn't like about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and what I don't like about this movie is that I see people do stupid things, and it really irritates me because it's supposed to be more grounded in reality, right? Why aren't they thinking better? Like, I know they're going through a scary situation, but I've been in scary situations, and I've tried to do my best to calm down and think through a system like, think through the situation logically. And for like movies more steeped in like the supernatural or kind of just a few steps away from reality, it makes it easier for me to buy their stupid stupidity, right? They're in some alternate universe where people just fuck up like that. And hey, okay, that's this is some supernatural reality where people don't think their actions through? Sure, fuck up, let's go. Like it's just when it's more based in a hard, cold reality. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Why? Like, I know people can be stupid sometimes, but you've been stupid for five hours.
0: Well, more <laughs> like three days for these idiots. Exactly!
1: Exactly! <laughs> it was fucking... Like, and like... And yeah, so, divided.
0: It Also for me, I think it's like the difference between like... You've been in places where it's been snowed over to this degree. Mm -hmm. I have been very fortunate. I've dealt with frozen over places. (laughs) yeah, But not um, snowed over or blizzard like conditions.
1: So if the people at home don't know, I regretfully spent a couple, three, two and a half. a a number of years in the Midwest, in Minnesota, and I even myself have been caught in a blizzard before. Fun times. Except it was really not fun. But as, I guess, maybe that was what frustrated it for me, is that because these people seemed to be, they were all, like, either active skiers or snowboarders, or at least people who had grown up in these, like, harsher conditions. And I was just surprised. Like, I'd spent, like, what, two, three years in a place where it would get every year like below freezing with wizards and like
0: wizards
1: (laughs) blizzards and windstorms and it was just so surprising it was like whatever knowledge I'm sure they had had just flown out the window cause I ah, yeah
0: and maybe this was written by someone more like me where it's like we don't fully grasp the cold reality of that you know we're just trying to like experiment with, like, this type of, like, don't starve situation for a better lack of term.
1: Yeah, and I guess, yeah, and I guess for me, like, I remember, I, I, like, when they were, like, up there, I could feel, I understood how cold that was, and I don't understand how they weren't freaked out sooner, and how they didn't, like, honestly, I don't think they went hard enough (laughs) with how cold (laughs) it goes, and the reality of how fast it gets cold and the repercussions. They played a little bit with that, but I was expecting for it to be worse than it was, I guess.
0: Yeah, let's dr- uh, let's drive into this plot summary.
1: All right. Honestly, one thing I did enjoy about the movie was the repetition of making the ski lift scary. They start off with it too. The first image you get is of wires and gears. And as they pan out from mechanism... You get, like, the full ski lift, and there are these ominous sounds and tones, and it makes the lift honestly seem scary. Like, it's already like, hey,
0: this is gonna get fucked up. Um, this is where we're spending the movie. This is, yeah,
1: exactly. I will say the location they chose was fucking beautiful, though. Like, they pan out, and it's, like, this beautiful, like, white-capped mountains with, like, small pine trees. It's fucking gorgeous and we focus in on a skier and a couple snowboarders who are watching the lift employees. Little sketchy, but um, apparently they're talking about her. They're waiting for a female employee to show up. Apparently they don't have like lift tickets because those are expensive. So they're waiting for a specific employee to come up who is easily bribed. When they've kind of waited long enough and she hasn't shown up, Dan, convinces his girlfriend, Parker, to try and...
0: Well, it's not just that, but, like, Lynch usually, like, he's got game with women. So, like, they're waiting for the shift change Mm. so that he can do what they always do every weekend. Yeah. However, when the shift change happens, it's with a man instead of the woman they're expecting.
1: Yeah. Dan manages to convince his girlfriend, Parker, to, well, swagger up to this employee that we eventually learned his name is Jason and convince him to let them up the lift. Specifically though, Dan says, it's you and your girlfriends who don't have a credit card and they just want to get on the lift, right? Parker moseys on up. There is again another like pan of like the um, ski lift being ominous and then it pans back down to um, Jason who is honestly like not amused. Like he lets uh, Parker bum a cigarette off of him and then she starts on her, like, whole, like, little spiel where she's like, oh, me and the girlfriends, like, I would, I said I could get everybody with my mom's credit card, and I just couldn't get them, like, I forgot the credit card, like, in the, in the, and in, in the bathroom, and now I don't have enough money, and Jason clearly knows that she's bullshitting, like, Jason knows what's up. He's like...
0: He can smell the shit on her breath.
1: Exactly. But he is eventually convinced because Parker has Dan's cash. And so she manages to bribe him. When we pan back to... Well, not so much pan back to, but there's Parker and Jason and she's trying to bribe him. When we kind of shift our focus back to Dan and Lynch, we find out that Lynch isn't the most like excited for Parker to be here. Apparently, this specific spot, this specific ski spot, was Dan and Lynch's, like, special place, I guess. Like, it was where they would go every weekend or something like that. Like, this was their space. This was their hot spot. And Lynch feels like he's kind of being shoved to the side because now Parker's being invited along. And also because Parker, she has my skill level with snowboarding, which means... 50% 50% of the time, just on her ass. So, also,
0: like, I feel like this is more like, oh, why'd my best friend get a girlfriend? Like, I know I very much was like that in, like, middle school to, like, sophomore year. Yeah. You know, this is such, like, a young boy, like, why you have a girlfriend? It's boy time.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I maybe I'm just more, like, forgiving of Lynch in this situation, but I was just like, sounds like... Lynch and Dan had a thing and then Lynch is like, I don't want to be there babysitting her all the time because I don't really like her. I don't really know her. And then it's like, look, I want us to all get along because you're my best friend and this is my girlfriend. We're, we're having a family outing. You are coming with us. <laughs> At least that's what it was like from my, um, point of view. Then, you know, they kind of like banter back and forth and Parker does manage to successfully ride the employee though it is kind of amusing when she shows back up with Dan and Lynch and Jason like looks over at them like girlfriends huh and she and Parker just like smiles and they all get on the ski lift and go up again they kind of banter back and forth as like you know they're kind of like going up like the ski lift
0: it seems like not even Dan's taking Parker that seriously yeah as a girlfriend with the conversation they have because he like calls her babe for the first time Mm. and, like, touches her face for the first time only because she says something about him, not, like, ever giving her pet names or touching her face. Even these, like, small but romantic gestures you would normally give someone you're dating.
1: Honestly, I feel the exact same way. I even wrote down in my little notes that Parker wants more from the relationship that Dan is giving her, it sounds like. Like, Parker wants like a deeply romantic intimate, intimate relationship. And Dan is still kind of like two steps behind. Like he wa- he seems to genuinely love her. He just kind of isn't always in her corner, isn't sometimes just isn't the m- most supportive. Like the thing that, that, that honestly kind of like I got from my end was that Dan wanted an outing with his girlfriend and his best friend for them to all
0: Get along. Get
1: along. And the thing is, to me, I don't think Parker wanted to come on this trip in the first place. I think Parker was going to come along because Dan asked her to, and she wants to deepen this relationship with him. But I don't think she wanted to be there in the first place. And Lynch was pissed because he felt like a third wheel. He even says so. There's this one moment where... um...
0: All three of them are in earshot of this, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, they're all crammed on a fucking little, like... Bench on a ski lift. And the thing is, is honestly, I kind of got irritated in Lynch's behalf because at one little moment, Parker and Dan start having like a cutesy moment. And like, I'm sorry, but you you are pressed like shoulder to shoulder with your Beth bud. And he, he even says that he feels like a third wheel. Like you should have invited other people with you if you were going to like kind of do this instead of like the awkward like third wheel kind of mentality.
0: Well, also with if- information we don't get until much later that I'm just going to dig up now. It's like, Lynch, yes, he's good with the ladies, but he has issues with committed relationships because of his own experience.
1: Yeah. So, he's not having a good time. Also, at this point in time, while they're bantering, the lift stops. Like, it freezes to a halt. Everyone kind of gets pissed. Um, and eventually the lift starts back up again, but it's Again, they keep dropping very ominous hymns about the lift. Um, so after it stalls and then it starts again, Lynch is a little bit of a dick. Like, he kind of makes fun of, like, Parker because he's like, oh, are you scared of heights? Ha ha. And Parker's like, fuck off. And then uh, they also banter back and forth because Parker smokes cigarettes and Lynch is, like, um, a stoner, pothead stoner. And so they're arguing back and forth, like, oh, cigarettes are disgusting. And she's like fuck off, you stoner. But uh, honestly, it doesn't feel like...
0: Combustion is cancerous no matter what. Yeah. Edibles all the way.
1: Exactly. But honestly, nothing seems to be digging too deep. Like, they're throwing some mean comments back and forth, but it doesn't seem like anything is hitting and getting below the skin, so I think it's fine for them. Uh, One fun thing is that when Dan and the gang get to the top of the, like, you know, hill or mountain, he does encourage Parker to wear a helmet. And honestly, this is pretty good. Like when you're going down those hills and if you are an amateur, God, it's so fucking hard to turn when you're careening towards a tree. Like speaking also, from experience.
0: <laughs> I don't quite get snowboarding as much, but like I got pretty heavy head injury when I skateboarded. Um. And so like helmets. Wear your fucking helmets, because like when you bash your head from something you were confident you were gonna nail and guess where you landed first
1: head like the thing like the first thing you learn when you learn how to go snowboarding and skiing is usually like land ass first or land on your arms like brace yourself
0: same with skateboarding yeah it was just a uh... Like I tried to do a drop my first time, so I didn't center my gravity correctly whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and usually at least with like snowboarding and skiing, the snow is a little bit padding. Honestly, what always fucked me over was that I'd start drifting off to the side because I would want to avoid the other skiers and snowboarders. And then I found myself just going into the trees. And God, if you've picked enough speed, God, that either knocks the like breath out of your lungs or just fucking whacks you in the head. Oh, so, you're going
0: full Georgia of the Jungle at that point. <laughs> I
1: am. But anyway, so, you know, he's being tried to be helpful. One also thing while this is happening is that Lynch goes over to help a lady who's, like, fallen. She's, like, same age, and she's clearly also kind of, like, an amateur. She's trying to, like, snowboard. She falls. And he comes up to her and is like, hey, do you need help? He helps set her back on, her, like, her feet. And, like, on the snowboard. And he's like, oh, hey, let me get that. And he bends down to, like, correct, like, her straps, her straps on the snowboard. Because that was kind of fucking her over. And honestly, this seems like just like a general... He seemed like he was kind of flirting with her. But it also seemed like a genuine moment of, hey, I'm an expert. And I want to help. And she didn't seem like... Don't. I feel
0: like this is the right type of flirting. It
1: is. At least in my opinion. Yeah. He goes. He helps her. And then... What I at first assumed was her boyfriend comes out of nowhere and shoves him over. Like, full, like, shoves him, like, a good, you know, foot away. Like, on his ass. And starts getting really aggressive.
0: Hey, bro, don't touch my girl. That type of energy.
1: Literally. Lynch is like, what the fuck? The lady... Seems genuinely really embarrassed. She tells the dude that she's with to fuck off. She apologizes to Lynn. She's like, "Hey, I'm so sorry that happened." Blah blah blah, and they seem to kind of hit it off. Dan kind of I think calls him over or something like that, or like they but they the gang groups back up and they decided to go snowboarding and skiing together. One of the kind of hiccups is that Dan and Parker are both snowboarding and Parker is obviously an amateur and Dan keeps like helping her like riding her back up again giving her pointers helping and all that and you can just see Lynch skiing around them like an like a moon orbiting like a planet
0: he's very annoyed and like I understand you want to hang out with the boys if it's a the boys type of weekend but at the same time like you got all fucking day if Someone's eating ass that hard, just do your own thing for, like, one hour.
1: Yeah, like, I think he really, again, wanted to, like, have, like, a guy's moment with Dan, and then, but Dan is like, no, 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 I want to help my girlfriend. And Lynch is just like, fuck, well, I guess I'm going skiing alone, which he didn't want to do, but honestly, get a hint, dude, and just go skiing alone for a couple hours.
0: Find that girl.
1: Exactly, find that girl. Yeah, like, find some other friends, my dude. But anyway, um back at the Lodge, like, food court, Dan and Lynch are chatting. They're chatting about taking, like, a serious, like, ski-slash-snowboarding trip. Like, you know, going to, like, a resort, spending, like, a weekend there, or, like, a couple days around Christmas time to, like, really devote some time to it. Because they both, again, they are experienced. And this is, like, what they do for fun. Parker is, at that point in time, grabbing food. But the thing is... Is that as she's kind of walking back, the conversation switches to Lynch complaining about Parker. He was like, hey, why did you bring her? She's just so slow. And it's been, like, fine, like, hanging around as we go over, like, the baby hills. But, like, gosh, like, I feel like we've just been tagging along on her, like, you know, falling on her ass all day. And That's that's right. Yeah, she walks right into that. And to Lynch's credit, he seems generally remorseful, like, oh, fuck. Fuck. That,
0: he was embarrassed as all hell. Oh, He's god, like yeah. trying to backtrack.
1: Backtrack. He was like, "Uh, b- before I said that, though, I was talking about how um you um and then Dan's like, how happy he was that you were here." And i just like, "Yeah, that exactly that." And it's just honestly, it's kind of fucking funny.
0: Oh god, like I hate to be that guy, but I feel like when I've met my friends' friends. There's been moments like that where, like, the moment you meet your friend's friend and there's just something off about them. And you finally get that one moment alone to your friend and you're like, I don't know why, but this person, these things they're doing specifically are bugging me and they suck. And I'm kind of thinking this person sucks. And that's, like, right when they walk up.
1: Of course. This is such
0: a classic, like, pants down moment.
1: Oh, God, yeah. It's like... You're like, hey, buddy, I've noticed some of these red flags that I don't like. And then the person walks towards me, dead center eye contact. And I'm like, shit, I think he can lead. I think he can read
0: lips. (laughs) I think this man
1: might just shove me off a cliff now. Joy, great. The gang decides to go for, like, one more kind of, like, serious run through, right?
0: Also, Parker tried to back out of this. Oh, yeah. And, like,
1: uh,
0: Dan kind of peer pressured her into it. Oh, he totally... It.
1: I totally forgot, but you're exactly right. Yeah. When she comes back and hears this, she's like, hey, you know what? I think you guys should have some time together. She realizes that she's kind of like unintentionally like intruded on this event and she wants to... She doesn't want Dan to pick between her and Lynch. She doesn't want to put him in this situation. She's
0: being a good girlfriend. She's
1: being a really good friend. She's just like, and honestly, she probably would have been happier. She was like, hey, can I just stay back here, grab some hot chocolate, call my mom? Like, and Dan legitimately does peer pressure her a little bit. He's like, no, 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 you need to come back out with us. Again, he wants to force the two people in his life to get along. And I think honestly, he probably should have let dogs lie at this point in time. Like honestly, just because she generally didn't want to go. She didn't seem up for it. She was cold. She was just like, I just want to stay here. But yeah, he does successfully peer pressure her into going. But when they are leaving the lodge, Lynch is called over by the lady he helped earlier. And she reveals that the dude she was with was her ex-boyfriend who wants to still be friends. He seems honestly, just like one toxic monstrosity rolled into a shambling mound shape.
0: This guy's name is, like, Brad or something.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's he's terrible. But what's um, fun is that uh, Lynch is like, Hey, do you have... Can I grab your number? And she's like, I don't have my phone on me. And he's like, shit, neither do I. Do you have pen and paper? And she's like, if I didn't have my phone, why would I have pen and paper? And he's like, just give me your numbers. I've smoked, like, 5,000 things of weed. I'm sure I can remember your number. <laughs> it's just like... It's kind of fucking funny. But anyway, eventually Lynch meets back up with the party. And they, I'm like, to be fair, like both Dan and Parker seem really supportive of him. Like, hey, you got this dude. You get that girl's number.
0: Also, I think it's around this time where on the PA you hear that Black Dog Trail is closed. Yeah, And I don't know why that grabbed my attention so much. But maybe there was wolf activity in that area. That's... My only, like, theory or hypothesis, I guess, because yeah. I don't have any evidence. But, like, I, I'm thinking, because we saw a missing poster of a man earlier. Oh, This we did. trail is closed. <gasps> and so I'm thinking maybe the wildlife is being a little aggressive or territorial.
1: And honestly, the thing is, is that... Um, this is going to sound ominous, but once an animal actually gets a taste for human flesh... They don't fear people as much. It's been documented with, like, tigers. Tigers who kill one person go on to kill more and more and more because they don't fear humans as much, and they see them as prey, which makes them, you know, hunt people. So, honestly, I didn't put that together, but i Honestly, I'm back in your- I'm back in your theory, man.
0: Yeah, and, like, it, this is all just me guessing because- you don't see where the guy goes missing, but just those two little details are like me just grabbing strings and seeing if they tie together.
1: And honestly, there, when like um, Parker was getting food, the camera does pan and specifically include the missing poster. Like, it's not something that you see out of the corner of your eye. It's
0: forefront. It
1: is forefront and it takes up like half the screen. So honestly, I do think that was important. And I'm again, I'm back in your theory. But back in the movie, the gang goes up to the, um, little, like, (sighs) lift, and Jason doesn't want to let them back up. He's like, look, you already went up, like, you don't want to go again.
0: He even puts the flag onto the lifts before them to indicate, that's the last chair, baby.
1: Yeah, and honestly, maybe it's just (laughs) the anxiety-ridden person in me, but I would- if I walked up to him, and I was like, hey, can I go? And he was like, no, lift's closed. I'd be like, okay! Bye. But Dan and Lynch are pushy <laughs> bastards. So well,
0: I feel like that's the person who's worked customer service. Yeah. You know, like when someone working their job tells you, no, it's like, okay, sorry, I'll go. Oh Yeah. And like,
1: the thing is that Jason, like the employee also mentions that bad weather is coming in like a blizzard. And like, again maybe it's just me but I have been in a blizzard and that shit is fucking terrifying your vision goes down so fast and it's like oh haha ha, yeah you can't see anything I'm like no no no, I mean, I was walking home from the bus stop a blizzard came through I could not I could barely see one foot in front of the other like if I h- held my hand out the tips of my fingers would be blurred like it's it's not fun it's not, it's not good. And it's also so disorienting. So if I had heard from an employee, yeah, like a bad weather, a blizzard is coming in, I'd been like, you know what? I choose life. i would not walk back to the lodge and I would have driven down the mountain. I'd been like, you know what? We can just do this next weekend because there's always more weekends.
0: But what do they say? We'll be real quick.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Also, the one funny thing is that, is that Lynch keeps going up to everyone and being like, hey, remember these numbers for me. It's 830- it's 7860. Did you did you get that?
0: Did you get it? I shit, fuck. Can you repeat that Can back to me?
1: <laughs> and it's so fucking funny. Anyway, man's on
0: a mission. Man is
1: on a mission. The gang gets on the lift, they get on the bench, and they go up, and Jason is manning the lift when another employee comes up and tells him that uh, hey, you might have to work next weekend. And Jason's like, It's my brother's wedding. I'm not miss I'm gonna be. His best man, I'm not missing that wedding. And his employee is like, his, you know, fellow employee is like, well, I'd better catch the boss man before he leaves. And Jason goes like, hey, all right, but there are three more people that need to come back down. And like his employee just like, you know, nods like, yeah, sure. Whatever, bud.
0: And this guy's name is Rifkin. Oh. I don't know why I caught his name, but I did. Nice. And this guy's kind of a douchebag.
1: Oh, he is definitely a douchebag. He's like. He wants, like, as he's just, like, kind of, like, hopping, he does, like, the little pee dance. He sees one of his employees go back, like, one of his fellow employees go past. And he's like, hey, can you watch the lift while I go take a piss? And his employee's like, I'm fucking off the clock. I'm leaving, bud. And goes. He sees also, he sees three people come down that, um, actually the gang had seen further up. He sees the three of them and then just abandons it. Like, if I had been, what's his name? Rifkin. I would have gone up and I would have checked. Like, I would have gone up to these people like, hey, you see anyone else?
0: Well, there's actually um, a lot of ski lifts in real life actually do, like, a couple passes extra just to make sure that what is about to happen does not happen. Yeah. So in real life, this is so fucking unlikely. However.
1: However. It's like there were several series of unlikely coincidences and blatant disregard for the set of rules these companies are supposed to go by but I guess the stars aligned and these people were just well stuck up there because we cut to the gang and when the lift shuts down like stops moving at first like this has happened before right when the lift was having issues earlier and they're joshing around they chat and they're talking when the light shut down though it kind of sets in. Like,
0: the movie re- begins. The movie like, begins. The horror movie music kicks in. It's no longer like ominous machine yeah. noises. The horror, like, quartet of strings starts coming in.
1: Yeah. And as they're like sh- talking, like, starting to freak out, like, realizing, oh shit, they've shut everything down, they also realize that it's Sunday and that this lodge isn't going to be open again till friday like in five days so they're fucking screwed and this is where the movie starts to piss me off i'm sorry i know you like this movie ander
0: well for me the reason why i like this movie is the dedication to the situation and the character acting on top of like how fucking good the gore is like, gore
1: is really good.
0: I'm such an absolute horror for character acting and gore that you give me those two things and I'm there with you.
1: I will, I will give you credit. The acting is really good and the gore is stellar. But the actions of the characters I find a little questionable. Because as soon as that shuts down, like maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I'm always cold and I've never been warm a single day in my life.
0: Grace is the skinniest person I know. Sorry to out you That's like this. That's fine.
1: I am a thin veneer of flesh over bone, and I lie in front of the fireplace every day to try and warm something, and it never seems to work.
0: I'm, like, the step between Neanderthal and human. <laughs> <laughs> I, my name's even Ander, so... I put the Ander Neanderthal.
1: Yeah. Oh, fun times. Um, but anyway, like... And again, like, I have lived in very freezing conditions, and it didn't matter how many layers I put up, especially around my hands, especially if I've been out in the snow all day, the cold really does sink in. And once that cold starts to sink in, your body's ability to function drops so severely. You have to act fast or else you can't, um, your hands can't close anymore. You can't grip things properly oh god, I remember times like, oh god, like my vision would get spotty, like it'd be harder for me to breathe, like I would get, like my limbs would get weaker, like the cold is no joke. And if I saw all the lights shutting off and I was realizing that they were shutting the place down, I would put me, it would put me on a timer. I'm like, okay, I got like three hours of good active mobility because it's nighttime and it gets, so flippin' cold.
0: Well, it so gets below zero on well, mountains. I've lived on top of mountains before, yeah. and I I know how cold it is in the mountains in winter. The ideal thing to do is not what they do, and it's to yeah. jump now.
1: Yeah. Like, honestly, and, like, my thing is, like, as soon as, like, those lights shut down, I was like, okay, what you gotta do is you gotta tie all of your jackets and anything strong. Like, get your snow pants off. Like, shuck your clothes. Tie them all together in a rope, tie it to the the lift, and try and get as low as possible before you jump off. Or, bearing that, grab a jacket, fling it over the wire that's holding up your thing, wrap your arms around it, and just shuffle yourself down, right? Get someone to push you so you have enough momentum to slide down to the next thing. Because, again...
0: The only (laughs) issue I see with this strategy is how strong is their clothes, you know?
1: Honestly, if they're... Sorry, and, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: And no, that that was a finished thought. But on top of that, there is this um, thought for me that, yes, you shed your clothes. Yes, you build this rope. If these two things work, you no longer have clothes to keep you warm once you're down there.
1: Yeah, but if you book it back to the lodge in time, you're going to be fine because honestly, the thing is, is that if you wait up there for like more than five hours, you're already kind of dead in the water. Like the, the cold has set in, your body is so limited. Like, yeah, you shuck your clothes, but if you are booking it down the hill, you are making like warmth with your body. And if, and honestly, it didn't seem too far away. Like it's, oh God, it seemed like what?
0: I'd half say three quarters of a mile Yeah, at like most. half a mile
1: to three quarters of a mile. Like, you're going to be fucking freezing by that time. But as long as you got your snow boots on, you should be okay. Like, you might have caught, like, a little bit of frostbite. But, like, nothing too severe. And you're going to be back at the lodge. You're going to have 911. You're going to have ambulances. You're going to be fine. And honestly, if you buy really, no- like, if you're buying quality snow gear, oh, That's gonna hold your body weight just fucking fine. Like I have like a really, I've had, God, this one snow jacket since like, okay. So I fit into all my clothes from middle school. Don't judge me too much. All right, but I did buy a good snow jacket back in the Midwest and it fucking holds up fine today. And I have run through brambles. I have like worn this shit out of this thing still does just fine.
0: Okay, okay. So, no, it's just, like, me knowing clothes rip that had me doubting this strategy. And it's not one I would have thought of. Really? Yeah, no, I'm not that smart. I would have jumped first.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's not a bad plan, as long as you do it fast. But, like, yeah, I was, like, either, like, you get your clothes around the wire, you scuttle yourself down, or you make a rope out of your clothes. Because if they bought... Granted, they could have bought cheap as shit clothes, and then that plan would have been a good more sketchy, but I figured if even if, like, they drop themselves down, like, at least five or ten more feet, that's still a lot better than just jumping off the bench themselves. But well, they, say
0: they do that, they drop their boards and stuff, they ride down from there.
1: Exactly. Like... And that's the thing, is it? me and Andrew are stuck in that... Like, we're already planning for a situation that will never happen to us. I'm a shit snowboarder, and I usually cross-country ski. But, like, we're already planning a better strategy than those fuckers, because... It takes them,
0: like, almost 24 hours to get to these type of strategies.
1: It legitimately does, because what happens after they find out that everything's been shut down and they got fucking five days before anyone's back they Parker and Lynch start arguing over piss like Lynch wants to take a piss Parker also wants to take a piss Lynch is like look I'm just gonna get my dick out I'm just gonna pee a little bit I just got it right and Parker's like no that's gross and it's like just close your eyes
0: also like I'm sorry I, I understand if you're asexual or whatever but like Pissing is not a sexy thing. It's not at all. If you watch me piss, there's something weird with you.
1: Exactly. Like, it's a little nasty, but then so is everything that comes out of the human body. So, like, just close your eyes. It's not going to take that long. Just pull your hat down.
0: It's a bodily function.
1: Exactly. Like, it's no worse than, like, farting, right? So, a snowstorm does set in at about this point in time, which is, like, for me... But anyway, honestly, I don't think they did the, the snowstorm justice. Like, uh, well, anyway, so the snowstorm sets in. Also, at that point in time, a snowplow comes up to clear the road. Driven
0: they, by the Cane Hodder of Friday the 13th fame.
1: Nice. And our party does not freak out enough. Like, they see the snowplow come up. And, like, if I hadn't jumped, even if I hadn't thought of making, like, some sort of rope or with all my clothes, or anything like that. Because, like, at one point in time, I was like, you know what they could have done? They could have just, like, bodily chained themselves together where someone would grab onto the onto the chair, then someone, like, goes, uh, like, behind them. Like, so you're gonna uh, get, at least get, like, 10 feet down before anyone has to drop. But no! Like, even if you can't do that, there's a snow plow coming up. Just jump! You're gonna break your legs, but he's gonna be right there. And then... He can call an ambulance. Like, the snowplow comes up, goes right beneath them. They start yelling. They start throwing shit way too late. And also, they're not throwing large shit. Like, I would have immediately taken off my um, snowboard and fucking chucked it at the guy, right? Like.
0: I think the one guy still had skis, too. Yeah, he had
1: skis, too.
0: Yeah, no, there's just so much you could do. And uh, honestly, this is the time to jump. You have immediate uh, reaction to that. You
1: have immediate aid. Well, not, like, immediate immediate aid, but, like, if I fell, broke my legs, the dude's gonna be right there, I'm screaming. He would hear me. He would see me in the snow, because he actually checks a couple times.
0: Well, like, it's not even immediate aid. It's just immediate reaction. Exactly. Someone has now spotted my broken body on the ground.
1: And I am crying, and they're gonna be like, oh shit, and they're gonna go to my body, and they're gonna look up. And like, even if, okay, on Alexander, if I saw that pile and you were on the chair with me, I'd be like, look, even if I land head first, at least I'd save you, right? Like, if I, if I was in that scenario, I'd be like, okay, even if I die or I bleed out, at least both of us aren't dying, right?
0: So this I would, is why depressed people don't do this shit.
1: <laughs>
0: We're too ready to kill ourselves.
1: We're too ready for it. I'm ready, man. My bones are ready. I would have just flown myself off that thing, aimed for snowdrift, and even if I died, like... At least my friends would have had a better chance of living, right?
0: But unfortunately, <sighs> they throw a bunch of their items, and this guy drives away because yeah. the person he went to pick up already headed down.
1: Yeah, like they throw like a couple hats, a glove. No, no, they don't throw a glove, but like they, yeah, they throw minor shit. And snowplow leaves. Finally, though, Dan starts talking about like jumping. Like, oh shit, I think someone needs to jump. Because honestly, this point in time, Parker's starting to freak out. She's like, I'm going to die up here. And Dan's like, I promise you, you're n- I'm not going to let you die up here. And also, at that point in time, Lynch has, this entire time, tried to keep everyone, like, positive.
0: He's, like, doing uh, what's your top three favorite things of this or that. Or he, he's trying to keep everyone alert, awake, and not succumbing to, like, hypothermia or shit like that.
1: And honestly, trying to keep yourself awake is genuinely, like, really important. So he is trying to do, like, his part. That is also when Dan decides he's going to jump. And I just wish they would have taken more time, like, planning, like, how he was going to fall, how he was going to jump. Like, should he dangle a little bit? Try to aim for a snow drift? Like, and also the thing is, is it...
0: Motherfucker pencil dives.
1: Pet <sighs> but- mother pencil times immediately and I like I get it you're gonna break your fall with your legs but the thing is is that also really pisses me off is that uh, okay so Dan jumps fucking snaps both his legs like bones out the side fucking wrecked Dan becomes useless at that point in time like Parker tries to throw her scarf down to help turn kid his legs Park is such, such a sh- sh- shittiest thrower I've ever seen. He does. Like, they do throw enough shit down, though, that Dan doesn't manage to, like, turncoat his legs.
0: She's the reason why people say you throw like a girl.
1: Uh, exactly. Also, that is when Lynch talks about using, like the like, the wire that holds up all these benches to, like, try and grab on and, like, go down to the next one, get to a pole, and then climb down. Because Dan can't move. He can't do anything. He's... Dead in the water.
0: Bones out, legs broken. This is such a fucked up visual.
1: It is. And I just wish Lynch would have thought of his idea earlier. Like, Dan could have done that. Like, anyway, moving on, moving on. At that point in time, a wolf also howls? And honestly, I really like your your theory because things really start to make sense. Because wolves usually avoid places with humans and if the lift is abandoned for a couple days it would usually take about a day for the wolves to explore that kind of deserted property but if they are already in the area and they've already eaten a person before oh this makes a lot more sense
0: and like these wolves are obviously local so they most likely kind of know the lift's schedule when it's in season so like they don't have to wait that full 24 hours. It's probably more like 6 to 12 hours after the humans leave.
1: Yeah, so a wolf howls. Also, trauma at this point in time is bonding Lynch and Parker. They're getting along a lot
0: better. Oh, um, they are becoming best friends fast.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Lynch tries to climb down the wire, but everything is fucking coated in ice. So they both have to, like, ch- like chisel at the ice to break it off. At this point in time, a wolf approaches Dan... Parker does manage to scare it off by throwing her snowboard at it. I just wish she had done this when the fucking, like, the snowplow was there. And also at this point in time, it's very clear that Frostbite is setting in for Parker. Honestly, I'm, supro- I'm surprised it's kind of like taken this long. I would have expected it for, for it to set in sooner. But Lynch does try again with the rope, the wire. The thing I don't understand is that he grabs onto the wire with his bare hands, which
0: he does have gloves on, but it is essentially barehanded.
1: Yeah, 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 you're right. He does. But also for me, again, maybe it's just because I'm a cold little bitch, but if I had been sitting out there for, I think at that point in time, it was like, what, four or five hours? I'd
0: say this is four to six hours.
1: My hands wouldn't be able to grip anything. Like... I, like, this strength would have been leached from my hands so fast. Like, my extremities would be fucking numb at that point in time. Like, I wouldn't be able to grab the wire, uh, let alone hold my body weight up. So I would have used, you know, like, my jacket. I'm taking it off. I know it's fucking cold, but death by cold or death by fucking i and take the one where I'm at least I'm trying to do shit. I would have taken my jacket off. I would have wrapped it over the wire and I would have tried to shimmy my way down.
0: i going got actively freeze to death, not passively freeze to death. Exactly. Damn it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Especially with wolves around. Like, yeah, no, I would have been moving my fucking ass. And also, like, moving my body down that wire would have honestly probably worked me up into a sweat. It is after the fact and when I would have been on the ground that I would have worried about the cold setting in, genuinely, but at that point in time, I'm on the ground, so I can put my jacket back on.
0: I'm too heavy to do something like this, so I, I, I'd be stuck to the seat or jumping.
1: Yeah, and also the thing is, is it, like, I don't know if anyone else has played on the monkey bars before, or but, like, also the way that, like, Lynch does it is a little weird, like... I haven't got that much strength, but I can at least what I do. What I can at least do is pull my legs up and wrap my legs around bars. Uh. Why didn't Lynch, like, grab it so that his arms were like so his um? This isn't your. Is this your armpit?
0: Uh no, this is uh your elbow ditch. Say that again. Elbow ditch.
1: Okay, that makes yeah. Okay, that makes. <laughs> I heard elbow bitch. <laughs> <laughs> This is your elbow, bitch. Anyway, I would have put my elbow ditch around the wire, and then I would have swung my legs up so they were also wrapped around the wire. One, I'm taking weight off of my arms. Also, there's going to be more padding there than just for my gloved hands. There's going to be about three or four layers with my arms. And I also, at that point in time, I'm not putting all of my weight on my hands because I'm a weak little bitch, man. I wouldn't be able to hold my weight up that much and i would just scooted down i don't know why lynch didn't do that
0: none of them are smart
1: okay anyway they anyway. might
0: be going to college but they aren't smart
1: i have never gone to college how am i acing this test anyway
0: you're a local <laughs> <I'm> a
1: local <laughs> anyway moving on lynch starts moving down with his like gloved hands And then he sees something. He says, oh God, and he backpedals. And at first I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, you bitch? And then I realize what he has seen. And it's wolves.
0: This is the hardest scene in this movie for me. And I think this is the scene that elevates it over other movies of this time period too. Because, let's see. Because like, so yeah, Dan states that being eaten by sharks is his worst fear earlier on in the movie. Yeah. So the fact that he gets ripped apart by wolves while screaming, don't let her look. That yeah. This scene and how it's played off by everyone acting is the reason why I love this movie so much. It's so well done. You can believe everyone in the scene a best friend's trying to give his other best friend his last wish in his like dying moments when like while doing the what's the worst way to die conversation sarlacc pit yeah but no i think this scene's just so well done for me that elevates the whole movie
1: yeah and it's just like he's just dan is dying and screaming don't let her see and like so what lynch does is he just grabs parker's head and like he faces forcibly faces her towards him and she keeps saying like i want to look i want to look and he's like don't 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 look and then like as you hear dan being torn apart alive lynch just starts wailing like just screaming and it is honestly a little heartbreaking just to watch that all go down
0: first time i watched this it fucking made me ball i'm not even gonna sugarcoat it like it's heart-wrenching.
1: Am I a cold-hearted pitch? I didn't I touch didn't, I didn't, it.
0: I feel more emotions watching movies than in real life. Uh, so I think it's just that, like, I let myself be vulnerable when I watch movies. Mm-hmm. And since I only watch horror movies, it's like, the things that get to me oftentimes shock me.
1: And I think... Honestly, I think still at that point in time, I was so disconnected from what was going on in the film because I was so pissed at how they kept messing up every opportunity. So I think at that point in time, I was still so angry at the characters. It was hard for me to feel genuine empathy towards them because I was like, you died by Wolf because you didn't fucking drop yourself, right? Yeah, fucker. Um, Instead of being like, oh, no. A man is dying, and his girlfriend and best friend are very sad.
0: I think this is also just, like, ever since I got married, like, whenever, like, someone in a couple is dying, it's just hit me different. Mm. So I think it's just, like, part of my own life experience reflecting in a way I don't understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, when that, honestly, traumatic scene is over and done with... Parker and Lynch are just kind of, like, the next, like, shot shown is they are on opposite sides of the bench with, like, that empty spot men for Dan sitting between them, and... Parker starts to blame Lynch for Dan's death, which is honestly... Fuck
0: Parker for that. Yeah,
1: fuck Parker for that. Because, like, Parker starts to be like, why didn't you stop him? And Lynch is like, why the fuck didn't you stop him? I said it was a bad idea and that he shouldn't do it. Where were you? Were you coming up with any ideas? Like, all you were doing was, like, freaking out. You weren't putting forward any, like, real solutions. And then Parker starts to say that it should have been lynch she doesn't go through with it but parker i I can't remember i can't remember the exact quote but parker just says like it should have been and then she stops herself but then lynch is like i can easily fill in the blank you said it should have been me right
0: and it does cause like a fight between the two of them but i don't really feel bad for parker in the situation just because like they are both grieving
1: exactly like just because she lost like a boyfriend doesn't mean that dan losing his best friend is any less on the scale of grief
0: lynch lynch is the living one
1: oh <laughs> whoops But um,
0: he even says like you've only been dating him for like what a year i've known him my whole life and later we learn it's like Since first grade.
1: Yeah, since they started, like, legitimately school. And the thing is, is that they, like, they, it starts to kind of down spiral. They start to just kind of, like, blame each other. Because, like, then, like, once kind of Parker starts to blame him, Lynch, for Dan's death, like, Lynch swings right back and is like, well, the only reason why we were up here is because you wanted to tag along. Like, we would have been over and dealt with, like, me... And, like, Dan would have already been down if you didn't want to, like, butt in on, like, Guy's Day.
0: On every little bit of his life.
1: Yeah. And, like, and the thing is, like, I don't want to blame Dan in this situation, but it was kind of Dan's idea for Parker to come. And it was Dan who wanted to, like, go snowboarding with her. Like, Both Lynch and Parker were fine with there being kind of separate areas. Like, again, back at the lodge, Parker offers, like, hey, I can stay. And Lynch is like, that sounds fine. And Dan's like, no, no, no. I want you to come with.
0: And how much truth is there in the statement of it was... Lynch's idea to bring you here. I think there was zero truth in that statement.
1: Oh, yeah, no. Like, Dan was bullshitting 110%. It was definitely Dan's idea. Because, honestly, I think this whole trip was Dan trying to bring Parker and Lynch together. He honestly kind of succeeded, because (laughs) after they stop blaming each other, Parker apologizes, like, really, like, says, I'm so fucking sorry. And she, like, goes to, like, hug like Lynch and Lynch kind of just like lets her in, hugs her back,
0: and they apolog- have a cuddle. sob. they
1: do. They both apologize to each other and they cuddle. Um, also, what's a little cute is a little bit later while they're just like huddling against each other. Parker remembers Lynch's numbers, and she keeps telling him like, hey when we get back down there, you gotta you gotta talk to her. And Lynch is like, when I get back down there, I'm asking her to marry me. And they have a whole debate because Lynch wants to name his theoretical dog, Steve, that he gets with this woman. And Barker like, that's the stupidest name for a dog's name ever.
0: Why a human's name while her dog's name is like Sh- Shayna or your something? Sheila
1: or something like that. And like, uh, Parker and Lynch just start to just talk to each other. So they like slowly, like, Freeze to death, and then at that point in time, Parker like reminisces about her dog, who legitimately like might starve to death without her because she lives alone and she's the only one that has the key to a- her apartment.
0: The landlord should have yeah. a copy.
1: Which like yeah, which like Lynch brings up. He's like, no, like your dog would start barking, your neighbors would hear, like your parents would check on you, and at that point in time, like they both just start like she just like it's like I just want to see my mom and dad, like that's all, and well. Monday morning arrives, and uh, it turns out they have both survived the night. Though, Parker apparently had somehow, either in, like, before going to bed or in her sleep, had put her uh, her bare hand on the bar.
0: She has lost a glove by this point, too. I don't know if we pointed that out already.
1: I think I said she, she uh... I think she... I did mention that she threw her glove at something. I think I got it wrong, though. I think I said that she threw it at the snowplow. I think she throws it at the wolf, though. I
0: think she was, like, trying to touch her face and dropped it.
1: Oh! Oh, she's trying to, like, light her cigarette. Yeah. Oh! Okay. Anyway. So,
0: I think that's when she lost her glove, But nonetheless, carry on.
1: Anyway, and so she has to... Like, this is, like, legitimate. Like, her hand has been frozen to the bar, and she has to pry her hand off the bar.
0: And, like, it's such a good, like, (sighs) skin peeling effect. It's gross. It's visceral. The sounds they do with it are up to par with it. Like, it's gross. It's really gross. I love it.
1: Yeah. And when like in daylight they can both look at each other and clearly see that they both have like frostbite i'm more surprised that there wasn't more frostbite around their nose but yeah like they both clearly have frostbite and it is really starting to take its toll lynch wants to try and reach the pole again he wants because he kind of fucked up his hands the first time trying to do that but he wants to try again and reach the pole and like climb down because there are ladders on each of the poles that connect like the whole um, ski lift, but Parker says they should wait, which is the stupidest thing. No one is coming. Waiting is not gonna help. You're-
0: You've already waited approximately eight to 12 hours.
1: Yeah, and like honestly- One
0: of you died.
1: Exactly. Like legitimately, like when morning came, I deeply thought one of them was gonna be dead. Like I was like, no, like cold set in, like there are open injuries. Like I expect one of you to be dead, and when they were both alive, I was genuinely surpar- surprised. I was well, like, oh, shit. I was
0: talking about Dan.
1: Oh, yeah, Dan's dead. Well, I thought one of them would have gone to like just hypothermia during the night.
0: Yeah, no, they both lucked out, and that's the power of a script, baby. Uh, baby.
1: But yeah, Parker says to fucking wait, which is just a terrible plan. Lynch also is they like kind of like just chat back and forth to, like, past time, Lynch kind of, like, tells Parker, like, his tragic backstory, which is honestly kind of fucked up, because Parker brings up the fact, like, hey, why are you not in a serious relationship? You seem like a genuinely decent guy. Like, what gives? And so Lynch tells her how in his freshman year of college, he genuinely fell in love with someone. Like, f- like, full, like, fully in love like he thought like it was like soulmates like he akined it to
0: they loved all the same type of things they, they from they, what he was describing like all the way down to like their favorite star wars episode
1: their favorite movie was et but then he tells her how shit kind of went where it turns out that his girlfriend had had affection and attraction for another dude and one day they're both in like the school cafeteria and he is facing the wall and she's on the other side of the table facing the rest of like the um, lunch Room. room right and that he starts to see her laugh and he generally asks oh hey what's funny and it turns out that she was laughing because Dean the guy she like this like frat dude she had you know kind of held a candle for is making fun of him in front of this Full, I'm assuming lunchroom of people. He's making fun of Lynch and his girlfriend is laughing.
0: And like he even says like, I turned around to face the guy, but I couldn't see who this guy was. Yeah. And I left her because it's like, well, if it's so funny. Go be with him.
1: Yeah. It was just like, it's kind of like he was like, yeah, I was just going to beat the shit out of him. And then I turned around and everyone was staring at me. And honestly, that's just such a fucking shitty thing. And then he starts like, well, maybe I was just, like, a sensitive little bitch. Maybe I should have called her back. And honestly, for me, no. You're better off without her. She was not your soulmate. If she laughed at you while you were being made fun of, that's, like, that's a pretty shitty thing to do. I've
0: dated people like that, and, like, yeah. after those types of relationships, you just have trust issues.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> Parker's like, hey, well, maybe when we get back, you can like call her up again. And he's like, I can't, she's dating Dean, like the frat boy. And I'm like, oof, rough. But after that, Lynch tells Parker the story of how Dan and him met and that they did like meet back in kindergarten, like first day of school. And after he tells her the story, Lynch tries again, where, you know, he grabs onto the wire and he starts mosing his way down. It's at that point in time, though, his the wolves have come back and they've started to gather and are kind of just grouping, like following him with their eyes as he moves down. He does manage to make it to the next chair. And then he asks Parker to throw him his uh, ski... Um, his stick. His sti- yeah, his ski stick. Toss it to him so that when he gets down to the ground, he'll have like a weapon. Why did he ask Parker to do this?
0: She's... Like I said earlier, she throws like a girl, and I hate using that. But there's no better way to, like, really point out how weak her throws are than using that, like, very "Eh, eh, old-school...
1: Like, she just chocks it a little bit instead of, like... She doesn't even get, like, the full Also,
0: the, um... The chair. Ski lift has broken by this point a little bit. The chair,
1: specifically. Yeah. And
0: one thing about the story about how he met Dan... One thing I really like about that is how you can tell it's a friend talking about a friend. Mm-hmm. Because he keeps on referring to Dan at this time as a total fat ass. Yeah. Like a little fatty fat fat. And it's like, man, if I don't tell stories about my friends where sometimes I'm just like borderline insensitive. Are they really my
1: friend? If I'm not an asshole to you...
0: Even in story.
1: (laughs) Even in story. Are we really friends?
0: No, but sorry to interrupt. No,
1: no, we're all good. But yeah, no, when Lynch had tried to start, like, um, moving down the wire, yeah, the chair did unhook. So I guess I can kind of get that, like, she was scared about moving too much to, like, unhook the chair.
0: Well, that and, like, she didn't even put her (sighs) arm into it. And maybe this is, like, the writer thinking about... Her getting more and more hypothermic and weak. That's my best read on this I can try to give. But at the same time, it's a fucking weak throw.
1: Yeah. Like, and again, I've kept mentioning how bad, like, hypothermia can set in and make you weak. But if Lynch managed to scale that entire wire, logic states that she should still have enough strength to throw that. But anyway.
0: Unfortunately, she's just written weak.
1: Yeah. And so she throws for shit. Lynch does make it to the pole though. He scales down. The wolves attack. He does manage to grab the pole and stab one of like the wolves with like the pointy end. One smart thing he generally does is he goes for like a snowboard Which he says is not, like, his strongest suit, but he still goes for the snowboard, hooks himself in, and starts going down.
0: He's not standing on it. He's sitting on it, and he kind of pushes himself down. Yeah. And, like, you can watch the wolves chase him as he goes away, and it's like, you know he's fucked. Like, he might have chased them off in the upright skirmish, but now he's sitting down They know he's weak because they just attacked him. They can smell the blood. Like, these wolves are becoming more and more that feral predator.
1: And, like, my thing is that, honestly, like, one of the worst things you can do with this kind of situation is turn your back on a predator and run. Honestly, he might have had a better chance just keeping an eye on them and waving his stick. Like
0: he might Back have... against the pole. Exactly, yeah. Back
1: against the pole, screaming, waving, like he might have at least lasted longer like that, but he he tries. And honestly, like the thing I would have done is that I would have stood with my back to the pole. I would have tried to get the snowboard fully on. Cause his legs are working just fine. I would have gotten like my snowboard on and then I would have really fucking kicked off as fast as I could because you can build some serious fucking speed on a snowboard the wolves have faster acceleration but if you had enough distance between you and the wolf and you jump-started yourself fast enough you'd at least have more of a chance he did not do this though yeah and
0: this is the last we see of Lynch and now we are just with Parker.
1: Yeah, who is just kind of waiting for Lynch and then also kind of just waiting for death. But at one point in time, she kind of moves a little bit and that just fucking jakes breaks the chair off completely. Or it like it unhooks. Part of it starts to swing and fall. She's then closer to the ground. At that point in time, I would have let go immediately. She doesn't and she holds on. Luckily, though, she doesn't manage to finally... It clicks to let go. She lets go, and the whole thing collapses pretty much just after. She doesn't move fast enough, and it kind of just lands on her shin. I'm betting fracturing that bitch. Yeah,
0: it's at least fractured, and that's best-case situation.
1: She does manage to, like, kind of, like, clear her foot from the wreckage, though. And then she just fucking crawls. Arms and belly, man. She is just fucking... Like army crawling it. If you've
0: played Dead by Daylight, it's that crawl.
1: Yeah, which honestly, good for her, just fucking powering through it. Honestly, at that point in time, I think the Cole would have said in so much that she'd have far more limited mobility. Movie, movie. so movie. Um, while she's going down though, sliding, she does come across
0: Lynch's, Lynch's body. body,
1: and there are still wolves around. Now, my thinking is, is that the wolves have already eaten two people. And again, if you are loud enough and enough of a threat, they'll go for easy kill. If she would have stood up, screamed at them, waved her hands and backed away slowly, they would have like definitely like ignored her and fed on the carcass itself because it was right there.
0: My issue is... She never leaves laying on her body. Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry, she is a fucking easy kill. Yeah. That is extra food right there. And they just let her go. Like, four wolves let her go. Yeah. Uh, that That's why this isn't, like, five star for me, necessarily. That's what really docks it, is, like, the logic of the wolves in the chasing down not only lynch but letting parker go it bugs me
1: like i again like wolves were go for the easier prey they've already had two solid meals if she was screaming and waving her hands this would be a lot more believable for me because there is prey like already like a half consumed meal right there and if you're screaming and shouting and you're backing away facing them honestly that dead body that corpse would hopefully be enough to just like keep them occupied, but she's just there on her belly, and then they see her, and they just go back to eating, and she like scoots away,
0: she not even like,
1: faster.
0: One of the wolves is almost like Mufasa esque in yeah. his posture. He's like, "Yes, you may pass."
1: Exactly, it that was again like one thing that really threw me out of the movie. So she just scoots on her belly a little bit more. She kind of get up, gets up and hobbles a little bit she manages to make it to the road she does stand up but you can see her leg just fucking cave beneath her the one thing that also really pisses me out is she's wearing like a neon pink like snow jacket you see a car come up and it drives past you would have seen her on the side of the road and like well I guess this isn't actually the midwest but also the people in the midwest are like friendly bordering on like really fucking nosy but like even if they're not like in a welcoming like more community i know like i don't pick up i don't pick up like hitchhikers i do not right i would have slowed down for her because she's on the side of the road like just waving her arms with no one else around
0: she's in massachusetts this takes place in massachusetts oh yeah so like I think that's Midwest, too, isn't it? I don't
1: think it is.
0: Or is that just, That's East Coast. Eastern?
1: I think that's East Coast.
0: So maybe there's a more fuck-off vibe over there. I get...
1: But, like, still, like, human decency would have told me to stop. But anyway, she does kind of just crawl to the fucking road and lie there until, luckily for her, the second car that comes up almost hits her. Like, it sees her and whirves around her and almost, like, slides across the snow. But luckily, the dude in the car gets out, runs to her, sees she's, like, half dead, picks her up, walks back to the car, puts her in it, drives off, and over the phone call we hear him having with, I'm assuming, like, a 911 operator, we found out that the hospital is 10 minutes away driving.
0: That's how far she's been from help. Pretty much the whole movie, maybe an extra five minutes.
1: Yeah, like, the thing, like... And I get it, like, driving really shortens the time. But, like, if it's 10 minutes to a hospital, how far away was that lodge? How far away was at least a first aid kit, like, a phone, help? Like, if the hospital is 10 minutes away, like, what? My drive to work is 10 minutes. That's, like, a three-hour walk. And I'm a slow shit, all right? That's, like, a three-minute walk. Or not a three-minute walk. But that's, like, a three-hour walk, at worst. And, like, what? And then how close is that lodge then, if and we're thinking like, about that?
0: As this movie kind of wraps itself up, the stranger is telling her, you're gonna be okay. And, like, the voice of Ghost Dan repeats over him, oh, yeah. you're gonna be okay, And we just get the title card once again.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: the end of Frozen. Only two people die. One being torn apart by wolves. And the other being torn apart by wolves. But off screen. Yeah. So like there's. It's not a fun death necessarily. Mm -hmm. They do it really well. The soundtrack is very embedded into like that mid 2000s like alternative rock post-punk
1: yeah. or
0: pop-punk even i, I would guess. say yeah, yeah it reminds me of like american pie for yeah. a better lack of term. like it's very like dude bro let's party type of rock music until and like
1: the fucking sorry i didn't interrupt you but until like the fucking lift is shown in little bits and parts then it's just like like ominous like instrumentals
0: <laughs> yeah no because that first bit of the movie until they get stuck It's written very much like a standard comedy, but once that happens, it switches to horror. Yep, yep. And I really, like, I'm not gonna lie, the mid-aughts to early 2010s is a bad era for horror movies, even the 90s. I feel like this is one of those movies that started to hint that horror was about to enter a new era this was even though this movie isn't seen by a lot of people this is a lesser watched horror movie i feel like it has something about it that's better than the rest of its time if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i know you're not as big of a fan of this
1: yeah but like
0: watching this as someone who's you know very dedicated to genre it's like i really appreciate what they did here during the era they did it. And I think it's because I have a good idea of like what each decade looks like that I rate movies kind of in their decade.
1: Yeah. I didn't like this film. I know. But you already knew that. I honestly I spent the entirety of this film screaming at like our three main characters in this cast, like, why the fuck did you do that? That was the stupidest shit ever. Dan, you're useless. <laughs> you died for nothing
0: dan you died actually his one goal happened she got out yeah just not to what he wanted her to get yeah. out with.
1: like and the thing was is like honestly i think dan's death was kind of like a little pointless which is horrible i think lynch's death did more to help her than his uh because <sighs> honestly in the end she kind of just saves herself
0: And what about you? Uh, What? How do you... Like, the gore and soundtrack.
1: Oh, honestly, the soundtrack was decent. It was really good. And the gore was phenomenal. Like, they did a really good job with, like, Dan's, like, snapping legs when, like, she peels, like, her hand back from the bar.
0: The carcass of Lynch, even. Oh, yeah. It's pretty gnarly.
1: It's pretty fucking gnarly.
0: And, like... I always know it's good gore when you look away, yeah. and I think in episodes where there is good gore like that, I don't know if the listeners realize I pick up the description suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, Ander comes in like, ooh, yeah, free real estate. I get to talk about gore.
1: Honestly, when like Lynch is climbing down the bars and you can see his bloody handprints all down the thing pretty good yeah still don't like this movie
0: <laughs> but um i think we don't have much post to talk about so the current most common way to die is being burned alive which these people could have used that yeah for really 79 bodies yeah the honorable second mention is the various monsters at 18 i believe is the number that sounds right i'm gonna say it's right yeah. and has these wolf deaths won you away from the corkscrew?
1: No, definitely
0: not. <laughs> That'd be funny. Like, I hate this movie, but the kill.
1: But the kill. Well, we didn't get to actually see the wolves tear them apart. Uh,
0: with Dan, I feel like we got to see more of his.
1: Yeah, we heard it, bare minimum.
0: Oh, no. There were, like, glimpses of, like, the wolves, like,
1: ma, 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 ma.
0: making him ragdoll, so.
1: Nosh, nosh, nosh.
0: Maybe you were just hiding in your notes a little bit while it happened, but Dan's death is much more visual than Lynch's death.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm still the toilet lid from Saw. Yeah, yeah. Next time, we are covering, I believe it is 1934 when this was made. We're going for the original Dracula with Bella Lugosi.
1: Heck yeah! Neither
0: of us have seen this. Nope. It's gonna be a completely blind review, and uh, I don't even know if people die in it. So I'm excited to see.
1: So am I. I'm ready to see some classic Dracula.
0: So, uh, next time we uh, next time we have you guys, we are gonna be covering a classic. Heck yeah! So, until next time, this was Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Our art is done by Emmy Art on Instagram, and our music is done by Disposable on SoundCloud. Links to our socials below, and we hope to see you next time.